Hello, and welcome to the Cass Health Podcast, the show where we hope to connect our community with healthcare information that's relatable, understandable, and useful to your life, and where you get to know better the neighbors providing your care here. I'm your host, Carter Anderson, and in today's episode, we'll be talking about winter skin care with Cass Health's dermatology provider, Lace Sin. Before we get started, two quick disclaimers. First, the comments in this podcast do not necessarily reflect the views of Cass Health. Second, the information in this podcast is not intended to be construed as personal medical advice. Always consult your primary care provider with your questions and concerns regarding your health. Lace, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. Thanks for having me. So November is Healthy Skin Month, and to quote Game of Thrones character Ned Stark, winter is coming. This time of year can bring a whole bunch of skin-related issues that people might not have problems with other times of the year. What are some of the biggest skincare-related issues that people should watch out for kind of as the temperature drops and seasons change? Yeah, I think the biggest one is that dry skin, that winter skin. Mm-hmm. As we start to lose that humidity in the air, you know, it, that's helping to moisturize our skin all year. As we start to lose that, then the skin starts to get dry. People worry about dry skin, flaky skin, itchy skin. The, the drier it becomes, then all those other things kind of follow. Does uh, age kind of play a role in that uh, sensitivity to that, like, lack of moisture in the air? It does. So as we get older, usually in, like, our mid-60s, the top layer of our skin, our epidermis, isn't as tight as it once was before. You have a bunch of skin cells that kind of overlap and create this really tight barrier. And as we get older, unfortunately, it loosens. And then that creates kind of, you know, a, a, a canal to lose moisture. And not be able to hold as much moisture in. So age. Yeah. I think kiddos too. You know, they don't have as thick of a barrier as we do too. So kind of, again, when we talk about colds and flus, we talk about the young and the old. And it's the same when it comes to Same with your skin care too. Okay. Before we really get into what people can do to kind of treat those dry skin issues, uh, which part of the skin is like really affected by it the most? Is it like kind of deeper within the skin or is it more like the outer layers of the skin that are really impacted by it when we talk about dry skin due to loss of moisture or the air it's really kind of that outer layer of the skin that's affected and things that are exposed to the air more frequently are ones that get affected the most so hands arms elbows you know back face those are kinds of those are the areas that we tend to really notice that winter dry skin Gotcha. So kind of going from that winter dry skin, um, what are some big red flags for people to look out for when like the dry skin can really become an issue? Like what is something that someone should be, okay, this is more than just, I need a little CeraVe or something on this. I need to come in yeah. and kind of get it seen for this I and like get it the treated. CeraVe. There we go. <laughs> you know, if it's becoming itchy, if it's red, inflamed, itchy to the point where you're leaving scratch marks and nail marks, those are the reasons that we would want you to come in. And then, of course, there are certain areas on the skin that we really pay attention to for kids, kind of like the inside of their elbows, the back of their knees, the face. Those are areas that are red flags that this may not just be dry skin and it may be something called atopic dermatitis that needs to be treated a little differently, a little more aggressively than just treating with lotion. And then for, you know, a condition like psoriasis, when we, if you have those, they're just like thick, scaly, silvery areas we call them plaques but elbows knees 
back of the scalp, those are areas that are common that are psoriasis. So if you're struggling with that and you think, I just have this dry skin, but it's just on my elbows and my knees or on my scalp, it may not just be dry skin and it may be psoriasis that needs to be evaluated a little further. Gotcha. Are there other kind of, are there uh, certain other skin conditions that people should watch out for to be like, oh, this is more serious than just dry skin? Or is there like certain, uh, like you said, with the different parts of the skin that are dry constantly all the time are there other things that they should watch out for for things like psoriasis and things like that well like with with um, eczema you know we kind of talk about the three a's they have asthma they have allergies so hay fever or you know where they, my kid's just allergic to a lot of foods or environmental things and then they have atopic dermatitis so eczema so if you already have a kiddo that's got asthma and allergies you can bet they're probably if they've got asthma and allergies, you can bet they're probably going to have atopic dermatitis. So that would be a reason that you would. So if those other two are kind of presenting already, you kind of know the third one's coming, coming. in. Gotcha. Yeah. What are some ways that people can consistently combat dry skin in their everyday lives? Ways that if you just keep doing this over and over and over, it's going to help reduce that irritation and help you feel the best that you can with your dry skin? Yeah, there are things that we tell patients, kind of the gold standard. I just have a printout that I tell patients. For everybody that comes in with just dry skin, taking cool, quick showers. So, you know, the water's not hot. It's warm um, and no more than five, ten minutes, just in and out. When you dry off the skin, dab it dry rather than rub it and scrub it dry. And then make sure that you're applying your moisturizer within three minutes of getting out of the shower. So we still want the skin to be kind of damp when you apply that moisturizer. It's going to help absorb and pull that moisturizer in. Something you can do for your house is to get a humidifier. And they're all different kinds. I mean, you don't have to get like the big house humidifier, even one that just goes in the bedroom at night. That's the biggest benefit you're going to get is just put it in the bedroom at night. They do have like big room humidifiers on Amazon. I already have mine going because, you know, the first few days that it kind of dipped, I knew Mm. that the skin was going to get dry. So you kind of mentioned moisturizer there and I kind of wanted to circle back to that. I know after showers when people typically apply that moisturizer and other skin products, is that the right time to apply those products kind of right out of the shower? And then uh, how often should people be doing that? Is it after every shower that they take every day or is it a kind of a more, uh, less routine than that yeah every day for sure right after the shower absolutely every day and then for people that really struggle with dry skin multiple times a day I mean two three four times a day if you're needing to apply it to the hands the elbows the forearms those kinds of things yeah but definitely once a day and the sooner you start in the winter months or as the temperature drops the better you'll be throughout you know if you're trying to play catch up in January it's really hard to get caught up to that moisture just that again that consistency consistency kind of over overrides yeah. everything there yep. we go just get the big bottle of CeraVe right <laughs> yeah. for those uh, moisturizers I know there's kind of winter and there's summer ones um, is there a difference between the products like are you going to be in trouble if you use your summer moisturizer in the middle of January or depends on what kind of skin you have okay. that's why you got to come see me <laughs> and there I'll tell you, you what kind of skin you have there's some patients that can get away with the thinner moisturizer during the summer and a thicker moisturizer in the winter and then there are some patients that you're always going to use the thicker moisturizer um, and you know, when you go and see your dermatology provider, they can tell you which type of moisturizer your skin's going to be able to tolerate without being too occlusive. I think that's what patients worry about. Well, it's going to be thick and, or it might break out and zits or, but a dermatology provider is trained to know what your skin will be able to tolerate. 
I said I wasn't sure what the difference was between them. It's just that the winter ones are kind of thicker and help keep that moisture inside. So the ones in the summer, quote unquote, are lotion. Mm -hmm. The ones in the winter are creams. And based upon just the vehicle of delivery, a cream is thicker and penetrates the skin deeper than a lotion. When we're in the shower, what type of uh, soap brands or body washes should people watch out for? Are there any like dermatologist recommended brands that you would suggest? Yeah, hands down. Uh, Dove Sensitive Skin Bar Soap. That is what we recommend for psoriasis patients, eczema patients, dry skin patients, anybody. So Dove Sensitive Skin Bar Soap. And then just staying away from any of those fragrances just in general. You know, the Bath and Body Works, the Ivory, the, you know, whatever it is that's got that, you know, if it's a sea breeze or a jasmine cherry or something, you can bet that it's going to have perfume in it. And that's stripping the skin of its natural oils. And obviously our natural oils is what helps to keep us hydrated. Gotcha. So if it smells good, try yeah, to avoid it. Yeah, unfortunately. Instead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it smells good, probably not great to put not, on your skin. Not the best for your skin. Okay. Yeah. I know a lot of people are super big fans of aquifer and stuff like that. Do you, what are your thoughts on aquifer and how often are you supposed to apply things like that as well? Yeah. So talking about lotion and creams that we were just talking about, CeraVe, hands down. CeraVe makes a lotion. They make a cream. They make uh, itchy skin. Any of those are great products. The CeraVe line has is developed with ceramides in it, and the ceramides help restore the skin's barrier. So rather than just trying to put an oil on the skin in hopes to create a protecting layer, it actually goes in and restructures the skin cells and helps build those skin cells. So that's great. Aquaphor and Vaseline are also other really great products, especially for under the eyes where it can get really dry and crepey. Through, at this time or even with age or on the lips where they can get really dry and crepey aquaphor is a little better than vaseline at rebuilding the skin so vaseline is wonderful but aquaphor is a little better at, if you're trying to rebuild that skin barrier never use neosporin <laughs> It's, Why is that? Yeah. So neosporin has something called neomycin in it which is a very highly allergic product or ingredient that a lot of patients are allergic to. So I don't know if, you know, a patient's ever gotten a cut and they put Neosporin and a Band-Aid on and then all of a sudden around that cut it's really red and irritated and maybe even blistery. A lot of times that's from the ingredient Neomycin. Also it's really drying so it's not going to help restore your skin barrier. Gotcha. So instead of Neosporin, what other things should we steer people towards? Kind of that aquifer for the skin, kind of that type of stuff. Yeah, anytime we do a skin biopsy here in clinic, Vaseline and a Band-Aid for seven days. Because Vaseline does just as good of a job at healing the wound as Neosporin. It does better, Without the irritant in it? Without the irritant. Okay. Is there a difference between face and body lotions? Is there certain ones, is there certain, are they, are the makeups different that help, that help the different types of skin in those areas? Or is there kind of a one size fits all for those types of things? So there is a difference and it all has to do with peptides and growth factors and ceramides that that go on the face where more so on the body, we're talking about hydration, moisture, the vehicle, meaning whether it's lotion or cream or ointment 
and then the ceramides. But we're not really so much needing the peptides or the growth factors on this the skin. Uh, you know, the skin that's not on the face. Mm-hmm. The face needs a little bit different products. So there is quite a big difference between those two. That's good, good to know. And then... And the yeah, land is very vast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not just a simple answer. You there's, really do need a one-on-one skin consultation if you're talking about face stuff because it just, it, there's a vast array and everybody needs something a little bit different to have their face look the best right. that it can. Kind of like a fingerprint. You'll come in and help them find whatever they need to exactly. help them. Perfect. Yeah. I know aquifer is kind of used as a chapstick too, or is that kind of the number one thing you recommend for chapstick and lip related things? Are there other brands that are pretty great out there too for those types of things? Aquaphor and Vaseline. Okay. Yep. Perfect. I just keep little mini Aquaphor in my bag um, and use that. And then at night, slather it on. It's next to the bed stand and slather it on. And yeah, Aquaphor and Vaseline, really, you don't have to buy the fancy chapstick. There we go. Burt's Bees and all those types of things. No. (laughs) Vaseline is the way to go. Okay. Sounds good. I know most people only think to use sunscreen when they're headed to the beach, somewhere warm. Um, do we need to apply sunscreen during the colder winter months as well? Yes. Sunscreen should be applied every day of the year. And the colder winter months, really, because, yes, the sun may not be out as much, but it reflects off of the snow and the ice. And that reflective ability is really hard on the skin. So we want to, you know, as it's coming down from the sky, bouncing off and into your car or, you know, hitting your skin, whatever is exposed, the risk. Of, that's why people get really sunburnt when they're on the mountains if they're snowing or because of that reflective ability. I was just going to say that my dad talks about the worst sunburn he ever got in his life was they were in Colorado skiing and he pulled his stocking cap up. He didn't yep. have sunscreen on and he said, my forehead was like toast yeah absolutely yeah. fried yes. he's like that's the worst sunburn i've ever had in my life was yep. when it was like 25 degrees in colorado right so. yeah so definitely sunscreen even in the winter and it can help keep the skin moisturized i mean if you're protecting it from that drying you know the sun that all sucks moisture out of your skin the wind that sucks moisture out of your skin so if we're applying the sunscreen it's creating another barrier that keeps moisture gotcha. in. It's, it's kind of like your first layer of protection kind of exactly. like your first your undergarments there you yeah know, keep keep all the moisture in there exactly. we go um i know winter is a time that everyone loves to break out all those cute fall sweaters cardigans and other cozy outfits um is there anything that people should watch out for as far as what the fabrics are made out of for those things we try to say cotton is always the best any something that's breathable so Wool and those other itchy fabrics, of course, those can be irritating to the skin, but also laundry detergent. So anything with a fragrance, you know, those really fragrant, they smell really great. It's ocean breeze. It's, you know, blue mountain, whatever it is, that can be really irritating to the skin. So I always recommend all free and clear uh, laundry detergent and then no fabric softeners and no fabric sheets. Some people say, oh, I just cannot go without fabric sheets. I do think that all makes like a fragrance free um, fabric sheet so if you have to use a fabric sheet that's what I would do but definitely stay away from those fragrances again those fragrances will get you right especially with the fabrics too okay and end up with just a red itchy rash kind of everywhere widespread and it's you know not always but it can be due to just using those fragrance products gotcha does drinking more water help dry skin at all and with your general appearance I know a lot of people think that that 
hydration factor will help their skin kind of clear up and things like that. Is that really true or yeah. drinking more water? We used to think that. We used to preach that to drink more water. Of course, drink, you know, the recommended, what is it, 64 ounces of mm-hmm. water or something, eight, eight, eight ounce glasses of water. Absolutely. Right. Because we want our cells inside our body to be hydrated. But as far as the top layer of your skin goes and where that moisture, the top layer of your skin is dead. And so to add high water to it is not going to do a whole lot. Um, we want to restore that barrier externally, topically restore that barrier. So, so it's more of a external keeping everything in instead of trying to, you're not going to be able to fill it back up at that point. Exactly. Right? Like that part's not, that That's, part's done. That part's done. Okay. Yeah. So just stick so, to your recommended 64 ounces a day for most people. Yes. And you would get more benefit for dry, dry skin by doing things topically, lotions, ceramides, creams, reducing fragrance than drinking more water. I think we need to talk. I know some people struggle with uh, dry skin on the scalp, especially during this time of the year. Do you guys see a lot of that in the clinic? And is there ways to kind of combat that as well? Tons of dry, itchy scalp. And the thing with a dry, itchy scalp is usually it's one of two things. It's either psoriasis, which we kind of talked about, and, or it's something called seborrheic dermatitis. And they're two different things. Psoriasis is this autoimmune condition with this dry plaque-like scalp that needs to be treated with steroids. And seborrheic dermatitis is usually a it is a yeast component, a fungal component that we just get an overgrowth of fungal and it has to be treated with an antifungal medication. So all that to say they're not treated equally. That's why it's important to see your dermatology provider because you wouldn't want to put steroids when you have a fungal infection. And, and if you used antifungal medication, it would never cure your psoriasis. So seeing and being able to differentiate between that. But, you know, if you have psoriasis on the scalp, we treat it with steroids. If you have seborrheic dermatitis, or this fungal overgrowth, overgrowth of this fungal, we treat it with um, ketoconazole shampoo, these medicated prescription strength antifungal shampoos. Gotcha. So it depends on kind of which of those two issues that you have that your dermatologist will let you know and then we'll kind of give you a yeah. prescription for success. And we have lots of patients that come in and, oh my gosh, I've had this dry flaky scalp and I've been using this antifungal shampoo forever and ever and it kind of helps, but it doesn't help. What well, was really psoriasis? Mm-hmm. You're like, and oh, so, I know what'll help, and yeah. then that other thing. So once we up. switch them, mm-hmm. then their scalp is better. So. Lace, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. Thanks for having me. You